Brandon Davis, Swan Energy. Imran Khan, Swan Energy. Thank you, Mr. Brandon Davis, Mr. Imran Khan, Swan Energy, for joining the program here today. We're trying out a kind of a news segment. So much of the economy has to deal with energy. Of course, energy is under the mining sec- sector, uh, oil and gas, coal, gold, silver, palladium, the different mining that's in sil- you know, silver I mentioned, all kinds of different mining involved. So we're doing like a money and mining segment. And first person I thought of, Brandon Davis, who's been on the show multiple times, and he's got a uh, fingers in a lot of different areas, mining particularly. And they're currently buying some natural gas leases. We interviewed uh, some people earlier in the week on that. Jeremy, I think, Jeremy it was. Yeah, that's right. I had to make sure I had my name right there. And then um, also with money, he does a lot of investing. He's brought in Emron Khan, who I have not met yet, but this will be interesting because, uh, gentlemen, how are you doing today, by the way? Doing great. Very, very well today. Thank you. How about you, Emron? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Well, good. And thank you both for joining us today because, you know, people are really figuring out what's going on. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And one of the conversations we've been having is the energy industry really should be a leader right now in the economy. And the reason I say that is because the oil and gas industry especially is used to the volatile marketplace. They're used to boom-bust cycles. You know, the restaurant industry has never really experienced like the, the COVID-19 shutdown, and a lot of other industries have not as either. But the energy industry has, especially the oil and gas industry. Uh, I was looking at a Houston Chronicle article where it says oil and gas facing its own energy apocalypse. And I thought, boy, we're getting into sensationalism here with the Houston Chronicle. I better get to the bottom of this. So, gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Let's talk a little bit about a little bit of money and mining. Start with the oil and gas world. Of course, the crude life. We've got a very big oil and gas audience and how are your guys' businesses doing? And, and what do you think about the energy apocalypse? That's hilarious. <laughs> that, that is funny. Yeah. Oh, it's like, okay, so what, what did you call 20, 20 uh, was it 14, 15, 16? That was the downturn. Was oh, okay. Remember? So that was the downturn. This is the apocalypse. Well, I, I can tell you this. It, it, in every downturn that there's ever been, or not that there's ever been an apocalypse, that's a, that's a big word. That's a big word, but we adapt, make it work, have to. Well, I think a lot of these guys are are referring to, you know, oil, you you know, looking like it hit negatives a few months ago and and taking advantage of the fact that, you know, it it seems like there's a negative connotation around that. But if you look at where we're at, I mean, we're really not that far from, you know, where we were before. And yeah, the volatility is there, but, you know, that's oil and gas, right? Well, exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I'm glad you guys are joining me today, because not a lot of people have the leadership qualities to step up and have this type of conversation, because so many people are trying to do the herd mentality and follow what's going on in the media. But if they're using words like energy apocalypse, I remember back in 2014 and 15 during the downturn, I did an article that said, boy, we're at $35 oil in the box and is still pumping out a million barrels a day. Okay, I don't understand where the downturn is coming from. And so it's really different when the media 
can present a false narrative or just really, um, I hate to say the word false narrative, but no, it really is. Uh, your guys' thoughts on how the media plays into what's going on with, with kind of the money and management when it comes to the energy sector. I stopped watching TV on March 15th, and I have not watched it since, and I quit reading the news about the same time because it was all the same every day and ridiculous. So I don't have a lot to say about that. Imran may because he, he does a lot more reading than I do. But, um, it, it, you know, I think it's it's horrible how everything and not just that statement and an mm-hmm. article you're speaking about from the Houston Chronicle on oil and gas, but everything, everything is up 100 per, It's all the way up or all the way down. There's no in between. And it's very um, hard to you know, gauge anything based on those pieces of information because it's extremely biased one direction or the other there's not it's really hard to find a neutral piece of news period and that that's my take on it Uh, emron i'm going to jump in here for just a second because uh, i want you to answer the question as well but i wanted to throw this in there uh as a member of the media one of the things that i've had trouble with and keep in mind i've i've won multiple awards for my journalism past and so this is something i am qualified to speak on the media has gone almost the way of, uh, of uh, game day, sports center, where you've got a lot of people that are playing a theatrical role in suits, and they're starting to speculate the news instead of reporting the news. And I find that very dangerous when you are talking about a mining industry which makes its money through speculation. So now if you've got the, a, a trusted eyes and ears for the people getting into the speculation business... Uh, as opposed to the reporting business, uh, that makes it very difficult for the average person to trust the traditional media when it comes to these types of issues. Uh, Emron, your thought on that very layered, heavy topic I just presented you? Yeah, you know, honestly, you know, and, and by the way, I'm, uh, you know, I really do appreciate uh, the work that you do, and you know, in general. Uh, media as a whole, but you know, let, let's really be factual about things, right? I mean, what's really fun to hear, right? I mean, stating actual facts about what's going on and actually, you know, quoting the, the different uh, entities that are out there that are that are giving you good data or throwing words around like apocalypse. I mean, you know, the latter is what people are more, you know, they enjoy hearing more right so i think that's part of the why part of the reason why you're 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 seeing a lot of these types of uh situations happening out there it just it's it's good news at the end of the day and um you know from our point of view though i mean it's great because it it gives us opportunities to be able to buy at better prices well i think i don't think people necessarily like that word but that's grabbing their attention to watch exactly read or whatever it is you know i look at it like this with the way you explained it just now there's a company that I've, I've bought and sold a few shares of here and there that trades futures. And they're, they're, so it's a future, they're trading oil futures and they're on the um, stock exchange and you can buy options on their trading. So basically you can, you can buy an option. So basically you're taking 500 times more risk, uh, but you have 500 times more upside. Um, same as the news. I mean, it's, it's literally, they're, they're trading, they're trading options on options, and it's extremely volatile and high risk. And that it's it's high risk because people are going to love them or hate them. And I think that the way it's kind of gone over the last five years is that's very very differentiated from what it was, um, where you had a bunch of neutral news and organizations and 
a couple of outliers on both ends and now there is really not any neutral ones they're all one side or the other and it's crazy i've never seen anything like it but the beautiful part about this economy this country and the people that actually work um we adapt and make whatever we have to out of the situation that we're given you know i've watched these businesses in houston um as this covid situation happened and they got shut down and and the ones that reopen and quickly adapt to the situation where they're selling toilet paper at restaurants i'm just saying and doing delivery for free and doing whatever they can to keep their business moving it's it's the same exact thing we do in the oil business whenever prices go down we figure out a way to make it work at a lower price the same exact thing and and that's not ever going to change and those apocalypse or not I, I i don't see it dying um i've heard people talk about bp getting out of the oil business and, and moving in towards a banking angle and saying oil and gas is dead I'm like no it's just it's just riskier than banking <laughs> so <laughs> it's really really simple um but Anyway, I, I'm I'm off sub off topic a little bit, but you get you get my opinion on that. It's it's ridiculous and absurd. Well, I think actually you're bringing up a great point, which is reinvention, which is adaption, which is you know even if you want to get biblical, uh, you know humans are meant to be wanderers. So when it comes to the economy, you got to wander around at times. So there's a lot of different signs that say. You need to change if you want to be relevant in today's economy. I mean, they got 3D printers that are printing homes now. I mean, come on. When we reset this economy, you're not telling me that these 3D printer homes aren't going to put out a lot of little small businesses. So there's a very interesting dynamic that's happening. And I think adaption and change is really important right now. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring you guys on was to Talk about this energy apocalypse, and I, you know, the what they were talking about is basically that uh, you know there's just a lot of people that are affected by the shut-ins, and that is true. I mean, there's uh, sand, uh, frac sand guys, saltwater people cleaning. Absolutely, there's a lot of people affected by the shut-ins. However, as we mentioned before, we got on the air. They just printed seven trillion more dollars, so there is more money out in, in the marketplace. Now, the, a lot of the banks have it, and they got it first, but it's still going to trickle down eventually. So get out there and go get it. Uh, how are your guys' businesses? I know I know you've got some trucking. I know you got in the mining sector with the gold, and gold uh, natural gas leases you guys are currently buying. Just kind of give us a rundown a little bit of some reality that's going on with the different sectors that you guys oversee. Well, I, I want to first say that the, the, the wells being shut in is affecting everyone in the industry, and it's what's helping the price come up, which is a good thing for everybody. Um, so for the for whatever negative it created, I, I can assure you, based on what I've watched over the last month with oil price, it's definitely got more upside than down overall. Um, but on the other side of that, um, I do have a gold mine, and um, I must say that once you find oil, it's not that hard to get it produced, and you can talk to, you know, in Houston here, hell, we could walk through the building and probably talk to 10 guys that could help us figure out what to do with a well that we can't get to produce. But I can tell you, gold mining, on the other hand, is much more difficult because it's a lot less regular um, and a lot less consistent. And right now, with the economy doing what it's doing, the $7 trillion you just mentioned, uh, my gold mine's actually for sale because it is prime time to sell it. The... Uh, Everything I've read about 
mining and, and gold, it, it's definitely going up and that gives me a reason to get out <laughs> and we'll see what happens with that. I don't know what you have to add. No, that, that's actually a really good point, Brandon. And, you know, from that standpoint, as you mentioned, Jason, the $7 trillion being put in, you know, what do people do, right? I mean, like when you have, uh, in a sense, the opportunity for some type of inflation occurring, what do people go into? Right? I mean, they go into minerals, they go into other resources, gold, silver. Uh, you know, I was having a conversation just yesterday about this uh, w with a person, and, and they were talking about how they're moving a lot of their portfolio into those spaces. Um, and it, it makes sense, right? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the, the whole idea of making lemonade out of lemons, right? I mean, people always kind of, you know, you, you got to go with where you're at. I mean, all this COVID items that have been going on for the last few months, you know, people are looking for, oh, well, when are things going to become normal again? I mean, this is a normal now. Yep. I mean, there's not, you know, COVID is not going away. Um, you know, we're, we're working on things. We're working, when we're looking at deals, you know, I'm looking at pricing things at today's pricing. So when we're looking at deals, we're getting strip prices that are a lot lower, and we're using that. Our engineers are going through and evaluating things at a much lower number. And, you know, people are selling at those numbers because sometimes they're over leveraged. Sometimes they have other other things that are making them more money. But, you know, deals are still happening at the end of the day. I think that's really a big thing to kind of understand and move forward with. Uh, if you're, if you're going to, I guess, sit there and wait, you know, when are you going to wait till, right? It's better to average up or down in any business, right? To where you're always having some sort of deal flow rather than just sitting there and, you know, waiting for that quote-unquote opportunity. Wanted to ask you guys about the renewable market. Uh, one of the things that I've, I, I like about what Swan Energy is doing is positioning themselves with natural gas. Natural gas is not a bridge fuel. It's foundation fuel for the next 20, 30, 40 years at least. And I understand there's going to be a transition from uh, coal and crude oil uh, to wind and solar. That's That's been going on since Al Gore put out the movie. And uh, an inconvenient truth, that's about when they ramped up that. And I'm just kind of doing a quick pass on Google right now and Goldman Sachs and BP. And you're looking at all these big guys that are, are going the way of um, renewables, but they can't do renewables without fossil fuelables. You know, I mean, I'm looking at uh, Germany firing up coal plants and, and India's, or China, I just read, is adding new coal plants now. They're building coal plants out there in China. So it's a different dynamic that's going on with the renewable push through the finance sector, but the reality is they still need these fossil fuels. And natural gas just seems to be like, like I said, the foundation fuel as opposed to the bridge fuel. Curious on your guys' thoughts on the on the renewable transition, the renewable push, and even how that it's affected the banking sector. Yeah, actually, really good question there. And, and um, you know, honestly, like the, the way that I look at it, you know, first of all, there there's a lot of stuff going on from a standpoint of, you know, using renewables to be able to reduce emissions. And I think that's great. Um, you know, you, you, you saw you see all these companies going more focus on natural gas. And, you know, again, that's just another product from an oil and gas perspective anyways. Um, I know from a, a lot of these companies these days from a uh, from a standpoint of the Paris Agreement, they're trying to reduce their carbon footprint by 50 percent. 
by I think 2050 or something to that effect. Don't quote me on that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's something like that. And you know, companies like Equinor, companies like Shell, they're they're agreeing to be able to do that. But really, um, Jason, if you think about what's really happening, right? You, you have to kind of think through. I think the, the the two points you made earlier with China and India and, and going into uh, coal is a big part of it. You know, if you think about your pie uh, being a smaller pie and it being 80, 90 percent oil, right? And then, you know, in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, your pie becomes a lot bigger because a lot more different countries, different continents even, might be coming on board uh, that need more more energy than, than what's out there right now. How do you grow that, right? Do you get rid of natural gas? Do you get rid of oil? No. You add to it. You add the other other. Uh, renewables along with it. So you have to add solar, you have to add uh, the wind farms, and that's how you kind of complete that that full package of energy, right? I don't think that it's going away. It's basically, you know, you're you're adapting and, and you're growing other sectors along with it because of the, the, the requirement of more energy. This goes back to the same thing we just talked about with the news. It's short-sighted 100%. and absolutely absurd. Whenever Tesla came out with their first car and they started getting mainstream everyone's saying that oil and gas cars will be gone by 2020 we're in 2020 and there's still a lot of gas cars being sold right um and over time will that eventually switch over maybe um but it and it couldn't if there was zero electric cars but with with uh with with renewable energy it's the same thing it's going to add just like Imran said it's going to add to it but it's it still requires petroleum products to build the damn cars or anything else that's going to be on the road. Um, that is everything. And and my opinion on that is, sure, there will be less oil used for things that, that other alternative energies can help with. Uh, but at the same time, there's more uses for oil than just making energy. Very very unusual, the crash course they're trying to put us on. I mean, and, I, and I've said this before in our program, before, which is that, you know, if you date back 150 years ago, you know, humans burned hay and wood and they even got to whale oil. Then they went to coal and crude oil. Now it's natural gas pretty much. And the hydrocarbons have been just decreasing naturally. Humans have done a very good job of becoming environmental and green on their own long before the Sierra Club came along and, and other organizations. And that's not a political jab. That's just an actual statement of fact that a lot of the uh, decarbonization of the earth has been just humans naturally do it. I'm afraid that this renewable push is going to be lipstick on a pig when it's all said and done, that it's just going to be put up to look nice and it's not going to actually do more green good, if that makes sense. I guess. I don't <laughs> know. Well, it's it, green. I, I there's evil on every side of everything, and there's good on everything on on all sides. It, it's just a matter of who you align with and your attitude about it. I, Imran was just saying as you were talking uh, something about flying cars back 30 years ago. Do you remember them I talking do. about flying cars? Where's my back flying to the, car? Back to the future, right? I mean, that's what the big thing was. Where's my flying car? I need two of those right now. I don't have it. I'll take one. I'd dig no, a flying I mean, motorcycle. Like, I mean, you know. I mean, not, I mean, I did see a hover motorcycle looking thing that flies and then drops down and puts the wheels down. I saw a video of that the other day, but it's not for sale. Well, how many people have it, right? That, that's really, I mean, you know, 30, 40 years ago, we were watching Back to the Future, right? And 
everyone was talking about, oh, by 2000, we're going to have, or 2020, or whatever the year it was, we're going to have flying cars. We don't have it yet. I mean, and Tesla is what percent of the market today? 1%, less than 1%? I mean, it's great what they're doing. It's very innovative. Um, you know, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, I, I think it's great to be able to push technology, but at the same time, to realize where you're at today, right? I mean, we still don't have flying cars, guys. I mean, you know, speaking of media and how things have, you know, progressed and what people think, you know, people think a lot of different thoughts and it's good to be progressive and it's good to have technology on your side, but it's good to be able to keep on producing what we have today too. And that's what's needed to be able to move to tomorrow. I think that's very important to understand. I think people forget that sometimes. Couldn't agree more. And, and getting back to the economy and getting back to the money of, of the day, so to speak, money talk. You know, lo looking at where you guys are putting your investment, it seems like you guys are going to that natural gas route and then keeping your options open to some other uh, activities out there in the marketplace. But uh, without getting into your company's secrets, uh, how are you guys approaching the second half? There's no, there's no secrets there, honestly. Uh, you know, the, the the real fact of the matter is, you know, it's it's great to be able to do things with lower emissions and natural gas takes care of a lot of that. Uh, but in reality, it's more of the stability of the natural gas price and how well it actually correlates to the oil price, which is volatile. Uh, because of the volatility that's there in oil, there's lots of opportunity within folks that own natural gas assets too. So I think that's really the, the area we're kind of focusing on and like, there's no secret. Uh, well, look at anything. Yeah. I mean, I've looked, we've, we've, we've evaluated, deals that have nothing to do with oil and gas as well like we're, we're always looking for value and value is what we're trying to buy and uh and whatever that is uh you know we're buying houses and all kinds of things like it's just a matter of what makes sense and what makes money and uh what's worth your time and at the end of the day we're we're looking for things that uh have a short horizon um as far as overall lifespan wise instead of looking at 30 years we're looking at five to ten uh, and that's really it. And uh, anything we can feel that we can buy, improve, and sell in that period of time is what we're looking at doing. And and some of it, some of it is oil still. Um, if it's value, if it's got value, I mean, it's all about value. And right now, uh, there are a lot of opportunities with a lot of value in in both oil and gas um, and other industries due to the current situation. Those who are are not willing to adapt or just gave up. Um, we're going to create a lot of opportunities as well, and I hope they come back around and start something else. But, you know, that there's just a lot out there right now, more than there's ever been, and it's kind of exciting. It's scary, and uh, I don't know. It gets me, and I wake up in the morning with a smile on my face because of it, because it's like, all right, there's something to do. There's a challenge every day. It's fun. It's important to be able to see that and understand it, right? You know, at the end of the day, we know what we know, and that's that's really the bottom line. Um, you know, when we don't know and we want to get as far as you're concerned, that's not much. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, and you know why? It's okay because I just hire experts that's right. that are in the industry that can do it for me. So at the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to, right? The things that you don't know, you need to go ahead and hire the guy who does know and freaking pay him for it and learn about it. And that's how you grow. Sadly, that's really the sadly you know a lot more than I do. So. Is that? I don't know about that, but it just it's one of those things, right, where, where you got to be able to bring in the right folks, you know, have them head, head that group, understand it. And then, you know, if it makes sense, 
great, and you do more of it. If it's not making sense, then you learn from it, you move on to the next thing. And really, you know, as Brandon said, it's all about opportunity. It doesn't have to be specifically uh, oil and gas or, or, or whatever industry. At the end of the day, there's so many different areas to be able to go into. Um, you, can, you can kind of make money in anything you do, but you have to have fun doing it. Looking at the clock here and checking things over, I wanted to kind of make sure I got this question in as well. Uh, piggybacking on on some of the things that you were talking about, how are people supposed to get out into the marketplace? There, you know, you mentioned that seizing opportunity and, and reinventing and some some of the other things that's really difficult right now for a lot of different reasons whether it be from governments putting regulations over oil and gas you guys uh, at least brandon i know you're from denver so you're aware of regulations gone wild in denver as they or as in colorado as they call it and you know in other places you've got the government shutting down certain activities whether it be restaurants or retail places so there's a lot of limitations in the marketplace for opportunity. And then you layer in the disruption of technology that's going on, uh, whether it be the 3D printing houses or new software or apps that has developed. To me, it seems like the last time that this was happening is when uh, Apple Computer and Microsoft kind of came into the marketplace because when computers started taking over, the speed of business completely changed. And when I look at even commercial planes being affordable for the average person. Now the speed of transportation is being more personalized and quick. This reminds me of that time right now where the decision-making process, the speed of jumping on business opportunities and really having some good instinct with your business acumen is playing into this. And like I said, I for me, I, I wasn't around in the eight, early 80s when the Apple and Microsoft transition happened, but watching documentaries, reading about it, and just checking how the economy went, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the ushering in of computers was a paradigm shift on the economy. I think we're in a similar situation to that, where a lot of these uh, hooks and plugs are coming together and just... Things are happening so fast. Then you layer in the COVID part. And you mentioned the new normal earlier. That's true. This is a new normal. So what do you guys make of the comment I just said, I guess? You know, is it more of a comment than a question? Yeah, and the only thing I can think of is Girls Gone Wild videos because of the way you started the question out. I completely lost train of th my train of thought after that. Regulations um, gone wild, baby. Woo! <laughs> that's all it took. It set me <laughs> off. I actually never ordered those videos, but I used to watch those commercials, and they looked really exciting. And we could we could go around, travel around to different states that are absolutely out of control on the regulation side and do something there if you'd like to. I'm kidding. Um, uh, there's going to be in innovation. I think the biggest thing for, for smaller companies and guys that are maybe that had jobs that don't anymore, they just need to go talk to their, the people that are in their area uh, and businesses that may or may not be struggling to use some help, maybe use a little investment, get involved, get on board and go. I mean, that, that's really all it's going to take. There, there's going to be a lot of changes. Who knows how many and how big they're going to be. I, if I had a crystal ball, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be talking to you, Jason. <laughs> um, no, no offense. None I taken. Just wouldn't be. I'd be. I'd be taking my uh, my my visions and going forward. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the most of of the 
things that I, that we're finding is just from talking to people, and it's not necessarily even networking, talking to people we don't know about their industry and learning a little bit about our own. And that's what we've been doing a lot of, and not just um, oil and gas, but we've talked to uh, all all different across all the industries. Anyone that we find that has a business or had a business, we talk to them, find out what happened, good, bad, or, or in between. And and so, to me, you know, if I'm a guy looking for a job or ha- worried about my job, I'm going to find the next opportunity, and I'm going to do that by talking to people that I know or I, that are around me and find out what they're doing and what they're thinking and where they're headed. And, you know, that's how things happen. That's how companies are born. That's how new ideas are, are formed, and that's what needs to happen. And I I know we've been doing it, um, and even through all this, it's gotten we've gotten stronger and smarter. Still not very smart, but we're moving in the right direction. Smart enough, smart enough. <laughs> I guess. But moving in the right direction. I mean, that's that's all we're trying to do. Well, and a lot of it, you you know, uh, you, you brought up uh, Microsoft, Apple, and you know the '80s, '90s, whatever you want to call it. You know, all that really is dealing with technology, right? I mean, it's just changing technology and how things were regulated and how things kind of people pushed and pushed and pushed, right? I mean, you know, you, you had uh, a guy like Steve Jobs who, who ran Apple and, you know, did some very creative, crazy things. Um, you know, maybe wasn't the best leader at first, but learned from what he did and, and moved that idea forward to, you know, a, a, a phone that, you know, everyone has in their hand basically today, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, pushing that Pushing that envelope is really the bottom line, right? And, you know, the only way to do that is to be able to learn about different industries and be able to put it together. Today, you know, we were talking about Tesla. I mean, who who's the person out there right now from a, from a technology perspective that, you know, that we can all respect and, and give some credit to? I, I, I've got to say it's got to be Elon Musk. I mean, after, after uh, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, he's the creative guy that's out there that's put himself out there completely. He's made himself very vulnerable and... You know, got a lot of criticism from it too. He did, but he he went ahead and did it, right? I mean, yeah. that's really the you know, and it's working. Agreed, agreed. You know, and we're not we're not ashamed to admit that even being in the oil and gas industry, right? There's nothing wrong with that. It's it's great. There's the thing is, people need to realize that there's room for everyone, and I think that people forget that sometimes. You know, I and I lived in Colorado for a long time, so you you you're familiar with Colorado and and the overall environment there against oil and gas and people used to say oh, how are you in the oil and gas business and and i said well i'm in the energy business and anytime i find a way to make money in this business or around this business whether that's with uh renewable energy or drilling a hole in the ground that's what i'm going to do because it's about making money that's what you have a business for businesses aren't don't exist to do good they exist to make profits or or there's no point in having them and i know that there's a lot of companies that use the guise of Oh, we're doing good for this community in another country um, to grow their business, which is great. And look, I, I'm all about giving back. Um, it's just marketing, like like that's all it is. And I think we talked about that earlier today. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're we're in business to make money. And if there is a way to make more money, um, whether that be solar panels um, or or anything else, I mean, there's so many different ways out there right now. Uh, people are generating revenue. If we if we find one that works for us, we'll do it. I'm not opposed to it. It's all part of the same general group as far as I'm concerned. So if people got questions or they want to get in touch with you guys to find out uh, how they can make some money or maybe they want to buy that gold mine that you got, uh, how can people get in contact with you guys? It's on the market. Um, SwanEnergyInc.com and, uh, or email is info at SwanEnergyInc.com. Send us, some inform- send us an email. We'll respond. Um, 
And we actually, on the, the last few times I've been on with you, we've got a couple of emails, people asking questions generally about things. So we're all, all about it. And if we don't know, we'll go try to find someone who does know the answer um, if, it's, if it's not out there. There's some questions that people sent over over the years that are, I, I'm not from the right planet to answer. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, we'll do our best. You know, that's okay. I always say, I mean, even if they don't know, I'm sure they can find somebody who will assist you in, in that way for sure. Uh, anything we left out of the interview, anything you want to reiterate? I'd like to give guests the final word and the final thought as we get ready to transition into a new month. You know, honestly, I think, um, you know, from our perspective, you know, we're, we're focusing on natural gas where we're looking at a lot of different uh, deals, whether it's in oil and gas or not. Um, you know, I think it's just, you know, today you need to be open minded and know the new the new normal is now. You know, I think that that's probably, you know, what I would say. Brandon? If you remember when we spoke the first time, it was right at the beginning of the, the whole covid shutdown. Remember mm-hmm. that, Jason? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was calm and relaxed and just waiting. Yep, yep. It's the other end of me now. Like the other side of me is coming out. It's like Jekyll and Hyde, I guess. Um, and we're aggressive right now. And we're being aggressive and we're going to get more aggressive because it's time to get aggressive. The, the, the leash has been – the reins have been released a little bit and, and it's time to run. And I think that from our standpoint, we want more and we're going to go get it. And I think anyone else that wants more should go get it. That's it. 